Welcome to Unsolved Murders Essay, a podcast series where we will be delving into gruesome homicide investigations that, at the time of producing the episodes, were still open. The objective of this series is to keep the stories of the forgotten alive and hopefully help spark a memory for anyone listening in with intimate knowledge of the cases. The views, information or opinions expressed in this series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Swisher Post, its parent company and partners. Some of the content featured in this series describes details of extreme violence. Therefore, viewers' discretion is strongly advised. Before we get into this episode, we'd like to thank you in advance for subscribing to our podcast. Every like, comment, and subscription goes a long way in helping us grow our Unsolved Murders SA community. If you're a new listener, then please do us a favor and subscribe to our channel. Unsolved Murders SA is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. You can also find the latest updates on South African true crime stories at swisherpost.co.za. Violence against women and children is a global phenomenon, but nowhere else in the world is it more prevalent than South Africa. According to the quarterly crime statistics for the period January to March 2022, 13,799 sexual offences were committed against women in South Africa. This tally is made up of 10,818 cases of rape and more than 3,000 other forms of sexual assault. In his own words, South Africa's police minister, Begi Kele, admitted the first three months of this year were especially brutal for women and children. As a woman in South Africa, you were more likely to be raped in your home than anywhere else. This is a statistical fact. Of the 10,818 cases of rape reported in the first three months of 2022, 43% occurred at either the victim's place or the home of the rapist. Public parks, beaches, streets, open fields, parking areas, and abandoned buildings were the second most likely places for rapes to occur. A combination of poor disbursement of resources, maladministration, subpar skill levels, and a general shortage of staff and training is partly the reason why South Africa is the world's gender-based violence capital. In the Eastern Cape, the province where this episode is based, the scourge of violence against women and children has been on the increase. Dr. Leslie Ann Foster the director at Masimanyane Women's Rights International believes that the abuse of women and children has a direct correlation with toxic masculinity. Open quote. What we need is to have consistent interventions that change the attitudes and behaviors of men who are toxic in our society. Toxic masculinity needs to change and also the status of women in society has to be raised. We have to value women, close quote, she says. This episode takes us to Mtata, the main city of the King Sabata Dalinyeba local municipality and Oartambo district municipality in the Eastern Cape, where Singwa Namhlamtwa was born in 1987. 
Historically, the town is revered as the bedrock of South Africa's struggle movement. After all, great political leaders such as Walter Sisulu, Sabelo Palmer, Bantu Holomisa, and Nelson Mandela are natives of Mtat. However, in recent years, the town has become one of the deadliest communities for women and children. In 2021, the Eastern Cape was among the provinces with the highest reported cases of gender-based violence. In February of that year, three elderly women from different households in Tatatu, a small rural community situated near Queenstown, were murdered in one night. The mysterious triple murder is still unsolved and authorities have yet to find links, let alone suspects, in the respective cases. In August 2021, 23-year-old Fort Hare University student Nostrelom Tebeni's dismembered body was found inside a suitcase on the side of a busy road in East London. Her boyfriend, Alu Tapasele, pleaded guilty to the heinous crime and he's currently serving 25 years in jail. Siamtand and Lela, the founder of Indlezane Yezwe, a non-profit organization that lobbies for women and children's rights, revealed that Mtata is high up on the list of the top 30 gender-based violence hotspot areas in South Africa. Open quote. It's actually worse than what the media reports. When you go deep into the rural areas, you will see a lot of horrible things when we speak of GBV. There's still rape. There are still forced child marriages. And these cases are underreported. Close quote, she says. Namsa was a native of Mtat who worked for the Oartamo District Municipality as an accounting assistant. While it was difficult to source information on her background, we were able to confirm that she had a number of siblings, including her sister, Sanga Nozindaba, who played a vital role in exposing the scale of abuse that may have contributed to Namla's death. Sanga and Namla were very close. The sisters did everything together. They were best friends, travel companions, and in Namsla's own words, ever-fiercest shopping partners. In the last birthday tribute Namsla paid to Sangha, she described her sister as the best gift God had given her. Open quote. Whenever I'm in trouble, you were there to save me. Whenever doubts are eating my heart, you were there to bring my sanity back. Over the years, we've witnessed how we've conquered our own trials and came out stronger after it. I'm happy to see where we are today. Dearest baby sis, you are my source of strength and my happiness in times of trouble. Thank you for all the sacrifices you've done for me. Have an awesome birthday. Close quote. She wrote on Sangha's Facebook wall, on the 13th of August, 2021. Namsla graduated from Walter Sisulu University in 2012, where she obtained a diploma in public management. By then, 
she'd been involved in a romantic relationship with her boyfriend, Mfesane Major Begizulu, for seven years. Text messages exposed by Sanga in the wake of her sister's death suggest that, perhaps, Namla had been enduring an abusive relationship back then. However, much like most victims of gender-based violence, Namla gritted her teeth and held on to the relationship, making every effort to keep the turbulence of her love life masked from the vibrant and upbeat social media persona she upheld. Namla held down her job at Oartambo District Municipality for more than nine years. The earnings she made from the job went a long way in helping Major develop his business. And today, Namla's boyfriend is renowned in the Eastern Cape for his ventures in events, private security, and construction. To friends and locals in Mtat, Namla and Major were a dream couple, and the accounting assistant was key in upholding this facade. As we mentioned earlier, Sangha has thus far been key in exposing the torment her sister endured in her relationship with Major. According to Sangha, at the start of the boyfriend's venture into entrepreneurship, Namla worked two jobs, her permanent position at the municipality and every role she could fill at Major's tent rental business. It seems the success of Major's enterprises came with immense power and control he exerted on Namla and every other subordinate he dealt with. Sangha's decision to leak sensitive material about the gross level of physical and psychological abuse Namla endured in her 17-year relationship with Major may pose a risk in her murder investigation. But she strongly believed it was necessary to raise awareness about the nightmare her sister lived through every single day. In one of the leaks, Sangha revealed a WhatsApp text exchange between Namla and Major that took place on the evening of Sunday, 12 December 2021, four months before she was killed in the most brutal manner imaginable, where the 35-year-old vehemently apologized for over an hour for simply removing the profile picture of a dog he had instructed her to put up. The manner in which Major antagonized her about possibly lying about the disappearance of the dog's image from her profile and her vehement assertions speaks volumes about the level of control he enjoyed over her. A month later, almost exactly to the day, on Tuesday, 11 January 2022, Namsa sent Sangha pictures of her badly bruised scalp on WhatsApp, revealing that she was attacked by Major for changing her profile picture without his permission. What many people who adored the couple did not know was that Major is a married man, his wife, who remains unidentified, stays in Mnanduli, about 34 kilometers away from Mtat. And while we were unable to confirm this, it's highly likely that she had no idea that he'd been grooming a 17-year relationship with Namla, who was more of his slave than anything else. According to text messages exchanged between Namla and her younger sister, it would appear that she was well aware of the marriage. What commenters 
who've criticized Namtla for failing to leave the relationship earlier did not know, before Sanger's expose, was that the 35-year-old had been trying to leave for years. At every turn, she was met with resistance, and on countless occasions, Major allegedly made it clear that he had the propensity to do away with her, if he so wished. This was evidenced by the pummeling Namtla endured, at times occurring in full view of her relatives and Major's friends. In one incident, Namtla was lashed with a shambok, or a whip, for eight hours straight by Major, who sadistically filmed the ordeal. Sangha shared this disturbing video clip and other images of Namtla's battered body on social media. Shortly before she died, Namtla gathered the strength to finally walk out of her abusive relationship. This is one of the last messages she sent to Sangha, where she opened up about her decision to finally take the risk and leave Major. Open quote. For 17 years, I've been loyal to Major respecting Major, trying my best not to embarrass Major. But this is the thank you I get. I have endured Major. I was there for him when his wife cheated. I supported him throughout while enduring his abuse. I begged to end things with Major. He never had any intentions of marrying me. His response was that I was ready to fall in the arms of another man. Why should I stay in a relationship that's void of happiness? Major and I are not even intimate anymore. Every day he complains about money. Every day he goes on about how stupid I am, how childish I am, about how even if he divorced his wife, he would never marry me. He reminds me every day that I am nothing. Every day, I am reminded of how selfish and toxic I am. He reminds me every day that his children are of greater priority and maturity than I am. Close quote. In January 2022, Namtha mustered up the world to leave Major and she moved back to her aunt's place in Sita Dwavu, where she was raised. When Major found out about this, he reminded Namtha about a promise he'd made in 2009 about what would happen if she'd left him. This time, however, Namtha was resolute in the decision she'd made, knowing full and well that she was in a race against time. Tragically, help did not arrive soon enough because on the evening of Thursday 21 April 2022, Namtha was murdered. On that fateful day, Namtha pulled into the gated driveway of her home in Sidwatwa View in a grey Volkswagen Polo GTI, which we found out was an Avis rental charge to Major's account. Before she could gather her belongings and get out of the car, Namtla was ambushed by an armed suspect who unleashed nine shots into the driver's window, fatally striking the 35-year-old. 
as the gunman was shooting, Namlo's aunt emerged from the house and witnessed her niece's violent murder. The man, who remains unidentified, casually walked off into the night after ensuring that Namla was no more. At the crime scene, investigators immediately ruled out robbery and hijacking as possible motives in the murder, since Namla's belongings, as well as the vehicle she drove, were untouched. Forensic officials collected shell casings and other evidence and a case of murder was opened but a month would pass before any development arose in the investigation. Sangha can be credited for shining the light on her sister's case. She took to social media and exposed the 17-year-long abuse Namla endured under the sadistic control of Major in a series of leaked text messages between the couple and graphic videos and images of the accounting assistant's battered body. Namtla's story sparked outrage across South Africa. Political organizations and community leaders in Mtata rallied support and protests broke out in the region, mounting pressure on police who, for more than a month, had been nowhere close to bringing closure to Namtla's family. The widespread outrage forced Police Minister Begitkele to pay his respects to the Mtwa family home, where he admitted that Namtla's case was poorly handled. The visit, however courteous it was, did not bring the family any closer to closure, since at the time, no suspects were linked to the murder. Feeling the public pressure, Major released a statement denying all responsibility and involvement in his girlfriend's murder. Interestingly, however, nowhere in it did he send condolences to Namtlam Twa's family or call for justice to be served in the murder case. Open quote. I have done nothing wrong. I am innocent and would like the public to allow the law to run its course because the residents are now jeopardizing the case by going after me, as this might ruin chances of getting the real perpetrator. Close quote, is all he said. Moreover, according to Sangha, an unidentified man had turned up to the property where Namtla was gunned down a day earlier, claiming he was an official from Avis who was instructed to come and collect the vehicle. When Namtla's aunt tried to solicit the man's identification, or at least who he was sent by, she was shocked when the man revealed he was instructed by Major to come and collect the vehicle. Why would Major collect the vehicle where his girlfriend was murdered a day before, when an active investigation is ongoing? According to Sangha, who shared the information on Facebook. Major had informed this so-called official that the vehicle he had rented from Avis was hijacked, yet this wasn't the case. And the information of what the crime scene looked like at the Sidwadwa View residence was public knowledge to everyone. Therefore, there's a high likelihood that he may have known 
that when police and law enforcement officials arrived at the residence, they had found the vehicle there, only with Namtla's dead body inside. Alas, weeks have turned to months, and to this day, police are nowhere close to naming a suspect. Eastern Cape Police investigating the brutal murder of Namtla have since turned to the public for assistance in closing a case that's revived the conversation about the scourge of violence against women and children in South Africa. In a statement released on Sunday, 12 June 2022, police spokesperson Brigadier Tembingosik Inana revealed that detectives working on the case are, open quote, appealing for assistance from the public and are offering a cash reward to the amount of 200,000 rand for information that can lead to the arrest of the suspect involved in the murder, close quote. This last-ditch effort comes two weeks after police minister Begitel assured the Mta family that detectives were on the right path and on, open quote, solid ground, close quote, with following up leads. However, seven weeks after Mtwa was viciously gunned down outside her residence in Situatwa View, Mtata police are nowhere near issuing a warrant of arrest. Open quote. Intensive and sensitive investigations are currently underway in order to track, trace, and arrest the culprit. The cash reward is therefore offered as part of the ongoing investigation process and to any individual who can provide information that will lead to the arrest, successful prosecution, and subsequent conviction of the suspect responsible for the murder of the late Nam Lamtwa. Eastern Cape Police pleaded in a statement. The man judged by the court of public opinion as the prime suspect in Namla's murder has yet to be formally charged. Shockwaves reverberated across the media landscape shortly after Namla was murdered when it was discovered that Major was out on 50,000 rand bail in another active murder and attempted murder case. The case involves the mysterious and unsolved death of Major's employee and the attempted murder of his co-worker. According to court documents, the Mtata businessman was the last person seen picking up the two employees back in 2018. A day later, the body of one of the workers was discovered in an area near Mtata and the other co-worker was traced to a hospital where he was being treated for life-threatening wounds. By virtue of being the last person seen with the victims, Major was charged and arrested. But he only spent a day or two in prison before he was released on bail. The case went cold for four years and not a peep was heard until Namla's story garnered national attention. The 2018 case is back in court and Major, along with three other alleged accomplices, faced charges of murder, attempted murder, kidnapping, possession of a firearm, and possession of ammunition. Namsa's investigation, on the other hand, has hit a dead end, and months later, no new leads have surfaced. Much like many other victims of gender-based violence, Namsa's murder remains unsolved. 
If you are listening to this podcast and happen to have information that could help investigators, please contact SAPS's toll-free Crime Stop number at 0800-10111. This brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you.